Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. There is no better way to spend a Halloween than sharing spooky ghost stories. The hauntings at the fort. Yeah, I have had experiences at the fort that would make any skeptic a believer. From Detroit to Mackinac Island and back, Michigan, it's a spooky place. This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. All month long, my colleague Annie Scaramazzino and I have been discovering the Mitten's most haunted places. Today, we're going to share with you our favorite ghost stories. So, grab that flashlight and gather around. Annie, we've come across a variety of different ghost stories. Most of them have been about adults. We've stumbled across a few that involve children, and the most well-defined one comes to us from Todd and Mackinac Island. While investigating this area called the Officer's Hill Quarters, which is part of Fort Mackinac, there's known to be some activity regarding children in that area. The hauntings at the fort, yeah, I have had experiences at the fort that would make any skeptic a believer. There is a building up on the hill, it's called the Hill Quarters, it's an officer's quarters, it's a house. And on the second floor, there's two bedrooms and they're sealed with plexiglass. You can't get in them. Those were the Cowles children's bedrooms. They were very young. It's all antique toys and everything in the room. We do an investigation. The first time we ever got to investigate anything in the fort, the first thing I wanted to do is go there because you hear stories of the toys moving, the curtains moving in the room, but there's no way to get in unless you take out, and I'm not joking, probably 40 screws from the plexiglass to get into the room to do anything at all. So I'm up there with one of my friends who's also an investigator, and she is sitting there, and we've got all the equipment going, and we're asking questions which looks weird if you've never done it before. Is there anyone here with us? You know, can you tell us your name? Whatever we can get. Being observant of the room, and I noticed her hair. She had long hair. Something had grabbed her hair with with their fingers and picked up a clump of her hair and pulled it straight above her head. And she's freaking out, thinking there's a spider or something's in her hair. And I'm just like, it's not a spider. And then it drops. And she's like, "What? what? What was it? I like something literally lifted your hair above your head. I saw it with my own two eyes. And then nothing after that. We're asking questions. Who did that? What was that? And we get a recording and we hear a little kid's voice. It's very hard to hear, but if you turn up the volume loud enough, it sounded like a girl. I would say it was a little girl's voice that said, it was me. And we're just like, oh. That's so freaky. Annie, that's not the only place where we've seen kids at play. We heard this as well at the two-way in Detroit. 
There was a story of multiple people having sightings of a little boy in a baseball uniform at times that they believe lived in the house at one point with his father, who was a dentist who was operating out of the building during Prohibition. Some folks say that there is a child, I think a young boy, if I'm getting this correct, that was reported to have drowned while he was living in the house. And so, and I'm fairly certain one of the members of the family looked up information and did find that there had been a young child who had been living there at one time and passed away while his parents owned the house. I haven't experienced that. So that is one uh, spirit that is said to inhabit the space. This, I guess, is more of a greatest hit, so to speak. I still think the scariest thing has got to be the carriage house at the Whitney. Carriage house was weird all around. You know, inside, it's set up better than any haunted house could ever be set up. I mean, it's perfect the way it is. We are in the carriage house. You are looking at the infamous tea set. There's a very long history about this tea set. Mr. Winnie passed away in 1900. And at the time that he passed away, his daughter Grace was still in Europe. Her favorite thing to do was to sit here and to drink tea So Mr. Whitney would always leave a tea set up here ready to go for her in case that she would come home, he was away on business or something like that. Upon his passing, the tea set was cleaned up. And then very strange things started happening in the house, all that were related to China. Plates and glasses would be found broken, cupboards would be left open. The staff came to the conclusion that it was because the tea set was cleaned up because he would get infuriated anytime the tea was not left out for his daughter, Grace. So they put it back. And upon putting it back, all of the random things that would happen in the house stopped. The home was given to the Wayne County Medical Society. And when they were cleaning up the property, they did just like anyone would do, is clean up this tea set. And then they, too, started to find all kinds of weird things happening in the house. They then reached out to the former staff of the property and said, hey, did you have anything weird happening? And they said, hey, did you clean up that tea set in the carriage house? If so, put it back and the stuff will stop. And it has since stopped. But I won't believe, won't believe in my as we move inside of the Whitney, Annie, the Whitney was beautiful all throughout, but the ghost bar has certainly earned its name. I love that they lean into that, and I love that they have chosen to make it a part of the history and the story of the Whitney, something that they can have stories at the ready to let guests know about it, you know, when they come in and they want to hear some ghost stories at the ghost bar. And, you know, the bartenders are ready to tell the tales. Tony is ready to tell the tales, and he did with us. A lady comes up here to the ghost bar. She orders a Cosmo takes a couple sips of her drink. She then heads into the restroom. She then exits the restroom and orders a glass of water. She then re-enters the bathroom. She then exits the restroom, sits down at her seat to enjoy her drink. The bartender comes to her and says, are you enjoying everything? And she says to the bartender, everything is fantastic and your bathroom attendant is lovely. The bartender goes to her and says, we don't employ a bathroom attendant. You must have been speaking to another guest. She looks at him and says, no, she had to have worked here. She was an elderly lady. And she knew so much about the history of the home that there's no way she didn't work here. The bartender goes to her, maybe you saw a ghost. Well, said atheist woman who does not believe in ghosts takes this very, very offensively and gets into an altercation with the bartender. So I come walking up the stairs and it's very obvious who the situation is with. Because this lady is screaming. And this is what she says to me, and I'll never forget it. This isn't funny. 
You guys sneaking people around through hidden doors trying to scare your guests. This is what I said to her because this is all I could come up with. Miss, why don't you come with me? I'm going to take you to the office. We're going to show you the security footage. So she's like, okay, let's go do it. And I run the tape and I run it over and over again. All you see, she comes in, she sits down, she orders her drink. She then goes into the restroom. She's in the restroom for about a minute and a half. She comes out, asks for a glass of water. She then returns to the restroom, exits the restroom, sits down to her drink. Bartender walks up and down, has a quick interaction with her. She then returns to the restroom, comes back out. They have a very heated conversation that you can see. And between the time that she leaves the restroom the second time and me and her enter it together, you do not see a single person go in and out of the restroom. She then went running out the front door, crying hysterically. To my knowledge, never stepped foot on the property again. Here's another story we haven't told. And I got to tell you, I know that Tony works there. I'm not sure there's a dollar value that you could present to me to make me stay in that house by myself. Tony did that. Well, Tony doesn't even like staying in the house by himself at this point either. And he told that to us. He said, oftentimes, even during the pandemic, like everything was closed down, obviously, but they still had staff coming in every day to make sure, you know, that everything was okay and there hadn't been any issues or leaks in the building or something like that. And he even told us, like, during the day going in and walking the halls real quick just to double check everything was okay. He didn't really want to hang out there by himself that much. And I don't blame him. I believe that I'm in the mansion. I'm completely alone. And I hear somebody start playing the piano. Now, being the logical guy that I am, I'm thinking, oh, I just left the PA system on. Then I think to myself, someone's in here playing the piano. And my stomach just tightens up right away. Then I start to think about it a little bit more, right? So who would be in here playing the piano? Let's just say, for the sake of argument, somebody, you know, they had a few too many cocktails and they're walking through the house and they decide to fall into a closet and fall asleep. And let's say that that person then wakes up from said stupor. What is the last thing they're going to do? Sit down and start playing the piano, right? They're going to be walking around. Hey, I'm still here. Somebody let me out. So what do I immediately think it is? I think it's somebody they came in, they lay in wait. They finally figured out that I'm here alone. And they're out there playing the piano so that I bring myself out into the open, expose myself, they hit me over the head, take the money and run. That's how I would do it. And as I stand up, the chair rolls back and makes that noise. As soon as the chair makes that noise, the music stops. So I creep around here and I come to this back staircase. And I creep up the stairs and I go to the third floor and I sit and I wait and I don't get anything. I come back down to the second floor, do the same thing. So I get to the first floor, nothing. So now I go back up to the third floor and I just start turning on lights as I go. And I go through the entire mansion. I don't find a chair turned over, absolutely nothing. So now I'm really creeped out. So I just come into the office, grab all the paper, grab the money, throw it in the safe, spin the dial, and I leave. My Back up north for the most famous guy on Mackinac Island. Well, I mean, I guess he's the most famous ghost on Mackinac Island. We told his story in the very first episode this month. Harvey's somebody that a lot of people believe that they have seen on Mackinac, including Todd. The reason I like the story about Harvey so much is because he is such a part of the origin story of Todd's fascination with the paranormal. He believed he saw him when he was about 12 years old. Harvey, that's his name. He's probably the island's most famous ghost. He was a college student who went missing in the winter. They found his body in the spring, and his ghost has been haunting ever since. And he is, for lack of a better word, a flirt. 
He likes women. He likes to play practical jokes on people. He is not shy. If he's going to let himself be known, he's going to let himself be known. He'll physically touch your arm, pull on your hair. There's debate on what exactly happened. We've read the police report on his death. Some will call it a murder. Some will call it a suicide. We don't for sure, for sure know which one it was. The police report, it does say that there was skull fragments found in two different directions from a long-barreled rifle. Two shots to the head. I've always found it hard to believe someone could shoot themselves in the head twice in different angles. And then we head back down south, back to Detroit. And I got to tell you, Annie, you know how much I love the two-way. So this is probably why it's my favorite story, but also the way it was told. The story of Colonel Norris and what we learned to be eventually his daughter. I think that the real takeaway with why we enjoyed this whole entire experience of the two-way so much and why we enjoyed hearing the story about Colonel Norris really comes down to Mary. I mean, Mary, first of all, she can tell a story. I mean, you can actually hear us in the interview with her, the recording with her, reacting to what she's saying because we were just so into it. it. Kind of made us laugh after the fact, but it was true. It was real. We were sitting there in real time hearing this story. It was great. You know, Mary loves that bar. She's passionate about the patrons that are there, and she's passionate about the patrons that have been there in the past. We see the Colonel Norris. Then there would be a woman, a young woman. So I would be like, what's the link between this older man and this young woman? And I'm thinking, I wonder if he's meeting one of the dance hall girls, a woman that works here, or if it's his mistress. And I would tell people that, and then I'd say, I better not say that. They may get mad at me, you know? And so about four years ago, I'm tending bar, and it's a Friday night, and this couple walked in, and they were about my age. Guess what? Those are Colonel Norris's relatives. And they were like four or five generations down. I just looked at him, and I said, well, do you know that your great-great-great-great-grandfather still walks the floors here? <laughs> but there's also a young woman that walks the floors here. So I said... I wonder what the link is. I don't want to offend you, but I said, I often wondered if she was his mistress. And he said, he could have had mistresses or whatever. But he said, I do know his daughter died here. And I'm like, whoa, I still get goosebumps, buddy. I was like, are you kidding me? Is he watching over his daughter that's like her spirit still here? I go running in the house because I'm so excited. I want to tell my daughter, Jennifer. So... I grabbed my phone and I grabbed the remote and I put the TV on. So the house is light, just with the TV. And I'm like, Jennifer, you're not gonna believe it. Colonel Norris's relatives were in here, blah, blah, blah. My TV goes, boop, shuts off. Wait a minute, because now it's completely dark in my house. I throw the phone down. I put every light on in the house. And I look right there on the couch is my remote, right where I was sitting. Put it on, and I said, Jennifer, you're not going to believe it. As soon as I said that to you, it was like recognition. Like, yeah, see, I'm a little girl. I'm not, you know, some mistress. Thank you to Annie Scaramazzino, Tony Muzzy, Mary Malik Eganowski, Todd Clements, and Mickey Lyons for lending their voices to this episode. If you like what you heard today, go back in our feed and check out the other Spooky J episodes. This podcast would not be possible without the work of our digital team. Check out www.jnewsradio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Do you have questions, comments, or concerns about the Daily J? 
Send us an email to dailyj at odyssey.com. That's dailyj at audacy.com. Our original theme music is written and produced by Ozone Music and Sound in Southfield. I'm Zach Clark, and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening. It's Halloween. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.